Ahoy! I'm Ter, also known as Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And welcome to Hero Story episode... 58. Number 58. Fun fact, so if a Hero Story was a comic book written by Tom King, Nightwing would get shot this episode. Because he was shot in issue 58. Oh, was it 58? I, I thought it was 55. Oh, I thought it was 58. Oh. Well, Somebody fact check us. <laughs> well, that would have been a good joke if it was 55 then. I thought it was 58, but maybe not. three episodes too late. For those of you just joining us on A Hero Story, A Hero Story is a podcast all about DC and Marvel comic books. We start off by going over the news of the week, going over all the Marvel and DC news that came out this week, starting with live action news. We go over video game news, if there was any. Sometimes there is. And we go over some comic book news. After that, we review the comics that we read throughout the week. This is the fifth week, which means the fifth week of the month we're not many months have this and usually this is where dc and marvel both kind of put out series that are either have been delayed or series like annuals. And, and annuals and stuff yeah yeah annuals are like side stories to do so this week uh our comics of the week were batman last night on earth part two or three which is scott snyder's kind of like end of the world dc universe book series it's black label so dark uh the batman who laughs <laughs> number seven also scott snyder Power of X, which is this, I guess, part two slash part one of the Hickman X-Men run. Captain America, number 12. And I also read Avengers number 12 and Red Hood Annual number three or two, I think. Uh, Captain America 12. And do you say Batman uh, who laughs? Yeah, Batman who laughs. Number yeah. seven, the finale, finally. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Yeah, well, we'll go into those comics in a bit, but we'll start off with going over the news of the week. So we got a little bit of news here and there, mostly live action. We'll start off with the first bit of news is, well, for live action, I mean, Black Adam, the director of Black Adam says he wants the movie to be like a Dirty Harry of the superhero films. Dirty Harry is a 1980s movie? I think 70s. 70s? I, okay, maybe even before. It's like an old western. Yeah, so does that mean... Clint Eastwood. Does he mean like dark, like Dirty Harry? I've seen Dirty Harry in. Well, I'm guessing Black ago. Adam's gonna say, "You feel lucky, punk." Um, <laughs> I'm guessing he just wants it to be, yeah, kind of like dark toned and kind of, uh, you know, Black Adam is gonna be like the Dirty Harry, like he's gonna be the badass that everyone wants to be. So hopefully, no quips. Cool. But <laughs> it's yeah. Dwayne Johnson, and it's a modern L- superhero movie. My so. biggest hope for this movie is please let The Rock have an Egyptian accent, but I really don't see it happening. It's definitely not happening. <laughs> I mean, did he have like, an accent for Hercules? I have never seen Hercules. With I haven't him. either. I haven't seen a lot of The Rock movies. I mean, I've seen the ones that are like, you know, the most like generic movies where insert The Rock in so some all action of them? where he's flexing. <laughs> where he plays a strong guy who is an action hero and also funny. Coming this summer, every and year. I feel like in um, the Mummy movies and the, uh, what was it, the scorpion king i felt like he had a little bit of an accent but maybe i'm wrong well those are like his early day movies nowadays he's kind of evolved into like every single summer he's the action guy who's kind of funny hobbs and shaw in theaters today (laughs) (laughs) it looks like garbage um (laughs) i I just hope that he could do black adam justice because it's not a character who should be a generic action hero black adam is like really badass and i can see him carrying a movie but only if done right like i don't want this to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I want it to be Black Adam. Yeah, and I want his origin story, which is pretty dark. I want, He's it, a I want slave. it to be tragic and I want it to be dark. Yeah, like he is a slave who gets powers as just as am and ends up killing and people. Kills everyone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saving his people. Yeah, but he becomes king of a, a country and he never says Shazam again, so he's always in the adult form. And so he ends up leading 
this country for hundreds of years. So yeah. because the Shazam form, it doesn't age. So he just stays at that look. It's a cool origin story, and it could be a movie, but it's just Dwayne Johnson, I think, looks like he could be a Black Adam. I can't wait to see him wearing the suit. He's got the look. Yeah. He's He is a good actor. Like, he's not a bad actor. It's just the type of person he is where he's... He's always, just generic a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He's always funny and all that. But Dirty Harry superhero movies, Dwayne Johnson also said uh, today, the day we're recording, Thursday, that the movie is starting to film in summer 2020, that the script has been approved by Warner Brothers, so it's actually going through. It's actually happening. And um, they said that his progression is going to go from villain to anti-hero throughout the Black Adam, Black Adam sequel, and Shazam 3. Shazam 3? I thought it was Shazam 2. No, uh, not too long ago they came out and said that Shazam 2 will not feature Black Adam. Uh, maybe a cameo, but he's going to be the villain of 3. Because I think Levi said uh, something along the lines of, that's the one you want to build up to, and if you use it in 2, what are you going to do in 3? So I, I think that's a mistake, personally, waiting that long. Because you don't know that you're going to get a Shazam 3. And especially when you have aging kids, it's really tough to do a 3. But we'll see. Oh, imagine Shazam 2 happens. Yeah. Like, what if Sam do happens, but it doesn't make enough money for a third one? Yeah, it's <laughs> going to feature Mr. Mind and Savannah. Oh, God. Like, Mr. Mind, he's more intimidating than just the bug that he was in the end credit for Shazam. He is still a pretty bad villain. <laughs> like, I didn't care yeah, for I'm him for a... his rebirth arc that we will never finish. But it's... Yeah, not a fan of Mr. Mind, but... Yeah, speaking of Shazam, the Shazam comic series written by Jeff Johns was delayed again. Next issue coming out, not in three one months month. now, 12 yeah. weeks. <laughs> three months is when we'll get the next issue. Or is it the next issue or is it a few issues from now? No, I think that's the next issue. Oh, my God. Uh, so I, I love Jeff Johns. He's my favorite writer of all time. He's written so many great comics. And uh, when I heard him talk about Shazam, I got pumped because he wants to be the definitive writer of Shazam. And I actually enjoy Shazam so far. I think it's good. It is good. But it's it's incredibly slow. Like the monthly was already slow, but when you he's already delayed, I think two or three times now in this book, and a three month delay is ridiculous for a monthly book. Like, come on, you're losing so much readership, and I don't know. Maybe they'll look back at this run one day and be like, "Wow, it's so great," but living through it is awful because you really don't get to read it. This book would have been canceled if it wasn't good. Like this book is a decent book so far like it's such a Sazam family they're doing twists like mary marvel coming out and being like showing her secret identity they're doing so the which parents, happened last yeah. issue and we haven't gotten billy's to see father that. showing up like yep, there's black, a lot of plot points there black adam and dr savannah working together that's cool they also fought at one point that's pretty cool like it's a good series and if it would have been canceled if it was bad that's the thing with uh monthly books in this day of age a lot of, not really Marvel comics, but DC comics, a lot of them are bi-weekly. Every two weeks, there's a new Batman. Every two weeks, there's a new Superman. There's a new Flash. There's a new Justice League. And we're used to that. But every month, we get a Batman the Outsiders. Every month, we get a Batman Last Night on Earth. And it's a long wait for these, like, good books to come out. So imagine that with three months or 300 years, like Doomsday Clock, <laughs> like... These monthlies make us forget about the comics until you see the article saying it's delayed. And it's like, oh, it's still happening, but it's delayed. <laughs> like, I yeah, kind of forgot it's, Shazam. It's, it's such a shame. And, like, I can't even tell you what's really happening. Like, you just kind of just refreshed me. Like, I forgot about Mary revealing the identity to the parents. But it's just like, <sighs> come on. Like, I just want more. And honestly, like, 
I love Jeff, but I think it might be time for him to jump off the title because you can't handle a monthly book. I mean, you can't even handle a bi-monthly book in Doomsday Clock, so... Put, like, Tomasi on, I'd say. <laughs> Tomasi would probably work for the shazam but I, I just think that, you know, I respect what Jeff wants to do with Shazam, and I think he has great aspirations, but if you have too much on your plate, it's okay to admit you have too much on your plate, and, you know, focus on writing the Green Lantern Corps movie, or focus on writing the Stargirl show, or for focus God on writing, writing Titan that. Seasons 2. You know, like, he's writing so much, and uh, just, you can't do a monthly book. Like, I'm sorry, you can't. If You gotta be focused on your book. If it was any other writer, I feel like they'd be canned off the book, but it's because it's Jeff Johns, you know. Oh, yeah, this definitely would. It's just, um, I think Jeff Johns has his kind of set mind stone where he's like, he's working on these movies, these shows, these comics. It's easier fan reaction if a comic is delayed compared to a show. I guess you could say, because honestly, in this day of age, TV shows get more attention than comic books. But then there's people like JD and I, we love Shazam, we love Doomsday Clock, and the whole world loves Doomsday Clock. Everyone who reads it likes it, but it's being delayed because of Stargirl. So, <laughs> because of the Green Lantern Course movie, which I really want to happen, but, like, we haven't heard anything besides Jeff Jones. Like, oh, yeah, I'll be writing it three years later. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'll, I'll yeah. be writing it. By the way, Shazam's delayed. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Doomsday Clock is not coming out until 2021. Like, huh? That, Jesus. Did I hear that news right? Stronger. No, no Doomsday Clock news this week. Oh, kind of this week. Going to Doomsday Clock real quick. They released the first image of issue 11. So it's happening. <laughs> it just seems like half a splash page of Flash, Nightwing, yeah, the, Wonder the, Woman. Yeah, the image came out a while ago, but it was just the pencils. Uh, Gary Frank released it, but now uh, Brad Anderson, who's the colorist, released it and said, here's the colors. And it is beautiful. Brad Anderson's underrated. He's such a good colorist. He does Fabok colors, too. Oh yeah, he's he's fantastic. Like colorists never get enough credit in comics. Like they could really make or break. Like have you ever seen Brett Booth's art when he doesn't have his regular guy uh, Norm Rap Rampant or something like that? He has some other guy who's done his. Oh yeah, form, and it looks terrible. Like his Wally West does not look like Wally West. Like colors really can make a difference. Remember that one Flash issue when Wally was like purple? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Remember that one Superman issue where Barry had orange hair? <laughs> oh God, Bendis! When I asked him about it, he just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> My colors do make a difference, and especially Definitely. when it's like this Brad Anderson, he does like reflection. Like, you were going back to Brett Booth. Brett Booth has a style where he makes, like, for example, Wally's suit very shiny, mm-hmm. and it looks good, but some artists can, or some colorists, but are just like, let's not make it shiny, and it just looks like his thighs are like way too thick. Gigantic, yeah. Yeah. The colors can distract from like a penciler's faults in a way, I guess, if that makes sense. Brett Booth draws and- big thighs. <laughs> he draws some thick thighs, and uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, colorists are important. Uh, the next piece of news, oh, yeah. we got a little off track there. Um, some lot more live action news. Uh, Namor, Submariner, the first mutant Marvel Aquaman. ever in comics. Um, he is rumored to be the villain for Black Panther 2. But which, I thought he was a hero. I, <laughs> well, on the contrary, <laughs> he's kind of an anti-hero, and he's faced off against T'Challa. T'Challa? T'Challa? T'Challa. T'Challa. Uh, yeah, that was weird. Um, <laughs> he, he's faced off against them before in comics. They have a nice little rivalry. And I think on the podcast, like a long time ago, I said he would be good for the sequel. So it might have only reviewed Black Panther. but Or it was, I think it was around the time where he was in the Avengers comics. Yeah, so maybe. But I, I said would... it at one point on the podcast. I think yeah. he would be good and that would be a good way to introduce him. And uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I think 
Uh, Namor is cool. He's badass. I'm not a huge Namor fan, but if done right in live action, that's good. A lot of MCU stands on Twitter were like, don't make him a villain. It's like they don't want any conflict in the MCU. It's like uh, conflict is interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but anyway, the source who said this is the same source who said that Taskmaster would be the villain of Black Widow and that Mandarin would be the villain of Shang-Chi. So it is reliable. true. Yep. <laughs> the thing is, Namor's not really a Black Panther villain. He's more of just... You mess with me, I fight you. But they do have similarities. They both live in hidden hidden civilizations, (laughs) Wakanda, Atlantis. Except um, they both want to hit him. Black Panther's like, glitter is open to the rest of the world. And that was a little Russian. I'm sorry. I just offended like (laughs) seven people. (laughs) I never freeze. No, that's better. But yeah, uh, Namor, not going to try to do an accent for him. I don't think Atlanteans even have accents. But comparing that. It's like, um, Namor's kind of like Killmonger's goal for when he wanted to be Black Panther in the MCU. Namor is that goal. Like, he wants to fight people that threaten Atlantis, no matter who they are. Whether they're, like, Adolf Hitler or Captain America, he will fight you. (laughs) So. Yeah, I I think somebody that you can compare, uh, Namor to is actually, uh, Ocean Master. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Orm. Yeah. Like, he's not inherently bad, he just wants the best for his people, and he'll do whatever it takes for the best of Atlantis. The difference is... Actually, it would be really interesting if they ever did another DC and Marvel event to see those two team up. Cause oh, there's so many rumors <laughs> about I that. Love that one. I, I love for that to happen. There's so many rumors about it, especially with Snyder and the writer for Avengers, who I forget his name, I guess I have the comic in front of Jason Yeah, he wants to do it too. So, Justice League writer, Avengers writer, they both want to do it. Make it happen, please. Yeah, and, and since Bendis is at uh, DC, maybe he could build some bridges there. And Kelly Sue, they got a bunch of like old Marvel writers, so maybe there could be some connections. Yeah, and Gleason went to I know Marvel. Donnie, Donnie Cates, who writes Venom, gets along with uh, Tom King, so it's possible. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, thing with Namor, though, is he, comparing him to Ocean Master, I think they'd have kind of a conflict because Ocean Master's like, we will destroy the surface. Well, Namor's more like, we will destroy the people that threaten us from the surface. <laughs> so, it's yeah. the difference between Namor and Aquaman. As Aquaman respects the surface, while Namor hates it. So, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Namor, but I think you also have to have another villain, which would have been a good place for Claw to come in. But too bad they ruined him. Uh, but anyway... Um, well, they we didn't I think ruin him. They just killed him off. They, I think they underutilized him, sorry. Yeah, he was still good. I'd say. But I think you need another villain like Namor, something to team Namor and Black Panther up, set aside their differences. Yeah, that'd be good. Do you have any ideas of who you'd want or no? Um, I gotta think about that. Do you? No, I don't have any ideas. But um, yeah. I'm actually kind of interested um, about the whole Namor thing because I know he's technically not Disney property; he's Universal. But I oh, think is he? Universal's like it's like kind of like Hulk; like you can use him. You so. just gotta be like careful. Make sure he's funny. Yeah, it's kind of like how um, the MCU couldn't kill Hulk, and they couldn't make a solo movie, but they oh, could use right. it in movies. That's why so he, he could be in Black Panther two. Yeah, and then maybe so Black that's Panther why I think 3. this rumor is true. Maybe Black Panther three, he'll be a huge CGI mess. He put the oh, brains and the Atlantis together, and now look at me. I'm wearing t-shirts oh, now. <laughs> Says name one. And he dabs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, we were just speaking about. Ta- uh, Claw, Claw, Andy Serkis, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's a good segue. Andy Serkis uh, is known for a lot of CGI roles, or sorry, uh, 
motion capture roles. Yeah, like Gollum from the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy, I guess. Um, Caesar from the Planet of the Apes trilogy. Yep. Star Wars. He's great. Yeah. And he's rumored to be, or no, I think he's confirmed at this point to be directing Venom 2 because Tom Hardy posted a picture of him. He was rumored at first, but now I think he's confirmed. Because uh, Tom Hardy. Well, he's not confirmed. Like, Tom Hardy more, posted like, a picture of Andy Serkis right after the rumors. It's basically confirmed. It's basically confirmed, but it's not confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think of that? I, I don't know if, he, if I've ever seen anything he directed. I mean, I, I think he's great in movies. I just don't know if I've seen anything he's directed. Um, I've seen his Jungle Book uh, adaptation, Mogui. Oh, okay. It was on Netflix for a bit. I don't. Even, I think it's even removed at this point. Well, yeah, Christian Bale's in it, and he voices the wolf, and it's pretty good. It's not bad. Mm. I do think Disney's Jungle Book did better. It was a better adaptation. This one was kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that has to do CGI. The CGI just wasn't as good in this one as it was in that. But as far as directing style goes, he's good, but he's not like nolan or like tarantino like yeah, he's not like a course. like when you say do you like andy circuits it's like yeah i love his motion capture it's like no you don't say like yeah i love his directing you know him for yeah, the actor like unique style yeah yeah i basically most people know him for his a- acting not his directing so i wonder if he would do some motion capture for venom too i mean obviously carnage is going to be the main focus but maybe as yeah a side that's woody thing. Harrison, oh, um, <laughs> carnage to pay uh, the most <laughs> line, <laughs> and the red wig was terrible. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> I, I hope Andy Circus changes that wig. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually think that could be cool that he's directing uh, Venom too. But at the same time, it's kind of just like, well, I don't really know much of his directing. I just know him as a person or actor. So I think he's we'll in a good it. place. I mean, live action and Venom is a CGI character. Carnage is a CGI, so he deals with that yeah. stuff. So I think, yeah. He, He's the right director. I'm okay with that. Good job. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> um, and now, a bit of comic news. Oh, yeah. Comic this news. news actually came out a little bit ago, but I heard nothing about it. I didn't hear anyone talk about it at all. I actually saw it in an ad for today's Captain America issue. I guess this week's Captain America issue. It's um, It caught my interest. It's Velocity Spider-Man is getting a miniseries. It's like, oh, that's the Spider-Man where it's kind of like a metal suit. It's kind of Iron Man-like. But it's not canon. It's canon for something else. It's canon for Spider-Man PS4. This takes place before the events of Spider-Man PS4 of how he gets that suit and how it's wearable in the game. And apparently they're going to be doing a mini-series or a one-shot of every single suit that you could wear in Spider-Man PS4 of how Peter got it, basically. Which mm-hmm. kind of yeah, takes the question, like, how are they going to do that for the MCU stuff? Maybe they'll just will avoid that one and just do, like, Velocity Suit or Noir, stuff like that, how he got those suits, but it's interesting. I'm probably not going to read it, but I think it's interesting. One thing that I do hate about it, though, is they don't call it, like, oh, set in the world of Spider-Man PS4. It is set in that world, because I had to look it up, but it's set in what Marvel is officially calling the Gamerverse, which is a new universe where a lot of Single issues will come in that connect the Spider-Man PS4. Rise up! Yeah, <laughs> it's officially. It's a, like I'm looking at the ad right now. I have Captain America in my hands, and it's called the Gamerverse. Says the exciting first issue of the Gamerverse. I'm like, oh god, why did you have to call it that? <laughs> but yeah, there you go. I think that's uh, the news of the week. 
Yeah, that's the news of the week. Uh, so let's move on to those comics because that's what it's all about, the comics. Um, I think the obvious one to start with is Batman Last Night on Earth. So uh, First off, know, first off, hold oh, up. Ahead, Pick of the week, cover of the week. Oh, correct, correct, if, correct. I will uh, be offended if your cover of the week isn't the same as mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy now i gotta make sure i pick the right one <laughs> my pick of the week um, is last night on earth yeah obviously last night Yours on too. Earth. okay i think but, that could even be my cover of the week it's really scary yeah it's like bane looking all freaked and scarecrow and scarecrow on his back okay is that your cover of the week i think so i also like the captain america cover there and you I go think the, pa- the powers <laughs> of x is good too there you go the main cover at least I don't know about any merits, but uh, Captain America's cover is awesome. It's Alex Ross, and he's running from police, and it just looks really cool. Yeah, it was I my mean, phone Ross wallpaper for a great. bit too. So, oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, oh. yeah, we can start with uh, Batman Last Night on Earth. Yeah, the Batman Last Night on Earth. So, for those who don't know, Batman Last Night on Earth is a tale about a Bruce Wayne who wakes up in Arkham Asylum, and outside the world is different. Uh, he's it, it's a little confusing, but they've explained it where he's like not. Batman, but he's like another Batman, another generation of Batman, I guess. He's young while everyone else is old. Yeah, so like Wonder Woman has like a mohawk now and is much older, and uh, Superman doesn't really exist in human form anymore. Or he's Superman dead. form. Yeah, he's like a robot now, so time has passed. And the world has changed a lot. Uh, they actually do a big like two-page spread of the uh, heroes, or people who have died. And there were a lot of heroes, including like people like Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern. All the Green Lanterns were there pretty much. Hal was there, John was there, like Guy was there. Yeah. Basically, if you don't really know comics, yeah, you're like, I want to get into Anne comics. Rockman. Yeah. You're like, I want to get into comics. Don't start with this series, because this is like take everything you've ever known about the DC universe and put a little Easter egg in here. Yeah, if, if you want to start with Snyder and Capullo, read Court of Owls. Take take my word on that and take my yeah. word on that. Yeah, that's uh, a great anyway, for this book. Anyway, so that's the background for this book. Uh, the first issue was really, really great. Uh, I think we both had our pick of the week that week. And uh, the second issue is not disappointing. It is really good. Yeah. Um, so it starts with Batman and Joe Chill together. Joe Chill is the man who killed Bruce Wayne's parents. Uh, they have a bit of a back and forth. Uh, and... Um, this Batman is not afraid to be violent. Uh, there's gas in there, and he's not, and he's willing to start a fire to get the information he needs. And uh, he needs to know about a boy in an alley and how he got there and why. And uh, Joe Chill's dialogue is pretty interesting here when he talks about the pearls. He's kind of uh, sassy. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he's like all these years, you never, you never wondered why the pearls really. Uh, but it, it's pretty interesting to see them have a back and forth because obviously Joe Chill is not somebody who you would typically interact with. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's just anyway. like, he's very casual too. Like he's just like in the kitchen cooking food the whole time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Batman is back on the move, and he has like a lantern of Joker for those who missed the first issue. It's like Joker's and, head uh, in a lantern. Don't worry, it's not explained. We're just as confused as you are. <laughs> yeah, but it's it makes for good comedic relief. Uh, right here, Joker's asking about being a Robin. He's like, can I be Robin? And uh, Bruce says, like, I would make this horse Robin before you. But, of course, as any good Robin does, the horse dies. And uh, it, gets struck by, <laughs> it, gets, it gets struck by a speed force storm. Does that mean it has the speed force? Does that mean it's as fast as the Flash? Um, the speed force storm is made up of Barry, Jay, Wally, and Bart. And they're all, like, intertwined into, like, a big tornado. And they're like, help us, please, Bruce. 
and uh yeah it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting i'd like to see like a little more of that um i mean i don't i'm interested into the, the you know speed force storm and became this i don't know if we'll get it but you know it'll be cool we probably um, won't but maybe maybe where... we'll tell somebody on twitter maybe or we could have it on the podcast now, just straight up that ask. Would, I would, I would love to have Scott Snyder on the podcast. We're, we're, we'd love to do it. He's the goal. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, um, so the Speed Force Storm, pretty scary. Uh, then we're seeing a little war between soldiers and like the zombies with like one eyes, and I didn't really get what was happening here, but it's like hush soldiers. Yeah, like they're all wearing the bandages and stuff. But didn't they mention? Yeah, it's in a place called Fort Waller. So, Amanda Waller. And there's zombies. Yeah, they're fighting off the animal men. But they're yeah. like trying to eat them. It's it's a very. I, I was kind of confused reading this part, but then they move on pretty much instantly after a giant swamp thing comes in. Yeah, giant swamp thing. So, this is like just coolness of the DC universe. Giant swamp thing. Uh, then we see Penny One, Alfred himself, looking old as hell. And uh, he's. Uh, trying to signal, or no, I'm sorry. He's trying to open something on the wall. No, I think he's. Just, I think he's just turning off Wayne Tower. Oh, okay. I thought he's trying to signal an opening the wall. But anyway, you see, like the um, Wayne he, Tower lights on, and then he presses the button, and they go out. Yeah, and he says, uh, he hears a voice, and he's like, "Leslie, is that you?" Thinking it's Leslie Tompkins, and it's actually uh, Bane and Scarecrow. Uh, Scarecrow has been upgraded, where he no longer has legs. He walks with his needles on his fingers. It's really scary. <laughs> Scarecrow gave me nightmares, and uh, Bane is like still gigantic. It's like, like I don't mute. know how. Yeah, yeah, he's just all the rage, not anymore of the "I will break him." I am Bane. Um, he's bulletproof <laughs> too, apparently. Yeah. Uh, they inject Alfred with the scare toxin and um, a Batman comes up to him, but it's a Batman wearing like a different suit. Uh, it's got like a whole like full black mask and like covering his mouth as well. It's actually and a cool looking suit. Bane and Scarecrow notice him and they say, hey, Omega. Yeah, but it's uh, this Batman is saying to them uh, that you saved them. They didn't see Zorro after all. And uh, you saved them. Now you can go to sleep. And as Alfred goes to sleep, it is pretty much that he dies because yeah. we later see him in that panel so really sad death for alfred it's death by it's nice in a way that he finally gets to go to sleep like he could finally rest and as the last tony the last person but, he sees is i'll get into that later i have a theory of who that is but i'll get to it when we're done the issue <laughs> okay um batman is making his way through the fortress of solitude area and a, a ship comes crashing down at him and uh the ship is like superman's ship and a superman when he was a baby yeah, and uh, Superman picks him up with a big gray beard. Um, he looks really cool. <laughs> oh, it's an awesome Superman look. Yeah, uh, it's, Greg it's, Fuller it's, really killed it with this issue. Yeah, and he, Batman's like passing out, and Superman says, "It's all right, you made it." Yeah, uh, he goes to the Kent farm, and Bruce kind of wants to know what's up, and then we see a really sick and old Lex Luthor wearing a Superman shirt, and really creepy looking again. <laughs> um, looks like he hasn't he, slept in days. <laughs> Yeah, he's explaining everything that happens, and he has a bunch of Superman robots because Superman is no more. So he has all like all different versions of Superman wearing like different suits and stuff. Really cool. Um, and he uses them like each one is like an upgrade from the next, uh, I guess. And he's trying to perfect it, which is cool to see Lex like finally giving into a Superman. He's trying uh, to. He says that the actual Superman, like he's not around anymore. So he's trying to make the perfect Superman as a replacement. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, then we get a background of kind of how this all happened, and it kind of ties into the war of doom and justice because obviously Snyder's writing Justice League, so it does tie into that. Yeah, yeah, it's like so a possible that was, future. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was pretty interesting. Uh, how Lex talks about Superman's speech and why it didn't work. Um, yeah, it's basically then, like okay, so Luther tells Superman in under a tree. It's actually really beautiful art. He says, oh, like, yeah. um, I have an idea. I want to have a debate with you in front of the world. Cameras, everything. You have a speech. I have a speech. We see who we see what the world sides with doom or justice. If you win, I call off the Legion of Doom. I put myself in. I give up and everything. But if I win, you give up and all that. So let's have like a peaceful final battle. So they do that. Superman does yeah. his speech, and Luther says, like, the speech he gave, my God. But how the miracle of this place, the miracle of all of us, is all of the capacity to imagine past what is probable, even past what is certain, and what might be. Maybe it's because I'd assume he'd die that day, but I, I heard him. In Batman, it was just rapturous. Luther did his speech in more of a dictator-like ship, telling how the world needs doom, like, we need to stand up for bullies, we gotta, like, we can't let someone be on top of us everyone should be striving to be the top and afterwards um they both sat and watched the sunset together and they lex said i like superman clearly beat me like his speech was way better and then Mm. but luther's kind of a cheater anyway so he had these uh kryptonite spears come out of the ground and stab super superman like eight times to death like, it went through his neck, yeah. his chest, his arms, his stomach. Like, he died from that. Yeah, that was that was a rough panel to look at. <laughs> yeah. But then we get to the modern, well, not the modern times, today, and Luther regrets it. He, yeah, Luther, which is interesting. He regrets killing the Man of Steel, which is why he's making yeah. all these robotic clones of the Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah. but a Superman bot interrupts them and uh, comes crashing through them. He says Lex and then like tackles both of them through glass. And uh, yeah, so the Superman bots have been uh, compromised by Bane and Scarecrow. No explanation of how Bane and Scarecrow got here so quickly. Uh, yeah, weren't they anyway, like Gotham? <laughs> yeah, but Superman gets uh, defended by Wonder Woman. I'm sorry. Batman and Lex Luthor get defended by Wonder Woman who stabs Superman through the chest in a really awesome panel. I don't dig the haircut. I, the mohawk is stupid mohawk. to me, but... I think other than that, the Wonder Woman's pretty badass. Yeah, I don't dig it either, but she's like a uh, she's a clear survivor. Then we should kill yeah. someone, like stab through his chest and rip down his body. It's brutal. Yeah, took, off, took off his arm and then took off his head, and then a bunch of Superman start to attack. But Lex says, "You guys go, I'll stall them," and uh, he transports them to uh, like a big green rag. And Bruce is like, "Where are we? This doesn't look like a ground." And it turns out that it's the Spectre. Uh, his cloak serves as a portal. So the Spectre is a giant ghost guy <laughs> that yeah, that was interesting. uh w- when they go down uh they go down into like a tunnel or like a cave i guess and uh, it's all dark and i really love the way they do the speech bubbles here or the uh like square <clears throat> speeches but it's really awesome uh and then should, anyway um, should we do, do you want to do the voice for that or like the explanation uh, well there's three of them with joker oh but... yeah joker well joker doesn't really talk <laughs> he just says jokes but yeah good point 
Yeah, but it, it's it's interesting dialogue. Like if you're not reading this issue, go read this issue because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Diana can see because of the lasso of truth, and she's not letting Bruce see. And Bruce is like, "Come on, let me see." So she puts the lasso of truth on him, and now he could see. And he sees all the dead heroes, including Harley Alfred. Quinn. Harley <laughs> oh, Quinn. Uh, but yeah, you see a lot of people like Batwoman, Metamorpho, Green Lantern, Booster Gold, Mister Miracle, Zatanna. I go on and on. There's a lot of heroes. Green Arrow, Aquaman, Kyle Rayner, Steel, Huntress, Black Canary, Shazam, Mr. Miracle, Big Bardo. Yeah. <laughs> Firestorm, Stargirl, Blue Beetle. <laughs> Mr. There's Gold, a lot question. Of <laughs> Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> like a lot of dead heroes. And when he sees Alfred, he's like, and Diana's like, this is why I shouldn't have shown you. But Bruce is able to collect himself and hopes that Alfred is not dead. Yeah, like it's the last of the truth, but is it really telling the truth? Yeah, I feel like it is. and <laughs> and Wonder Woman explains like why Bruce is special in this story, and I actually like it. Um, explaining that he's the one that held the door. Uh, he saved like, the people who were still yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone would have been dead if it wasn't for Batman. A lot of people died, but there were some survivors like Diana because of Bruce. Yeah, and they go to a different Gotham. Uh, because of Omega, Gotham is like totally different and much more of a wide range. And uh, Bruce and Diana get uh, surrounded by the Court of Owls, and uh, Talon reveals himself to be dun 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 Dick Grayson, and a really good looking panel with a uh, confused Dick Grayson with a beard. Yeah, so. he's got like stubble going on. His hair's all messy. This, this and... one panel is better than all of Rick Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> He has hair! He says, Bruce, my god, is that you? It's me. Takes out the mask. Dick Grayson. Like, oh, yeah! yeah." (laughs) I love that. I I predicted it as soon as he was taking off his mask. Like, oh, it's gonna be Dick! Because, for those who don't know, Dick Grayson was actually supposed to be on the Court of Alice since he was a kid. The court was planning on, like, taking him in. But then Bruce Wayne adopted him and they kind of spoiled their plans. So it's cool in this universe that they actually did take him in. Yeah. Now, Omega seems to be the person that is leading Gotham City. It seems to be that Batman that appeared with Alfred. Who do you think it is? Damian Wayne. Yeah, I think it's that too. <laughs> I, I totally think they're build think off of like the Batman 666 or 666 rather. Yeah, I uh, totally think it's Damian Wayne. Yeah, I, I think that's the logical choice, but we'll see. I feel like in this universe, things like Jason Todd might be dead, Tim Drake could be in another world, but Damian Wayne, king of the Gotham, but yeah. more of a dictator than a leader. Yeah. Uh, what do you rate this issue? 10. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, I don't see any flaws. I love this. 10 yeah, is in like, no. 10 means that it's like no flaws, like the perfect book. It doesn't mean that it's better <laughs> than every comic ever made. It just means that like... This had no flaws. 10 out of 10. Worth every penny. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Uh, I love the prestige format. Black Label is shaping out to be really cool if we get stories like this. Uh, Snyder and Capullo are putting their best work out there. I love it. And, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, it was a great issue. So I'm so excited. The third one's the last one, right? Yeah. That's the finale. It's only three issues for I'm this. I'm curious how they're going to sum this up in, like, one more issue. I mean, I know it's a big issue, but still. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. This is something that I could see myself like buying the trade of like afterwards because it was that good, and I want to reread it one day. Well, I have all the new Fifty Two trades, so I might put it with that collection. Yeah, uh, but if you're not reading Batman Last Night on Earth, go check it out. The first two issues are already out, and yeah, they're great. They make for a great read. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's move on to, uh, I guess, Batman Who Laughs number seven. I, I, I just want to quickly go over it. Like, I don't really want to spend too much time on it. But uh, essentially, our Bruce has turned into the Batman Who Laughs, and he's got, like, full red dialogue or full red speech now. So he has really fallen. And I, I don't know. I just find this so cheesy. Like, what's going on here? Like, I've not enjoyed the series at all. I haven't I either. I think it's kind of a stupid concept. And, yeah, Bruce is able it's to basically, fool basically, yeah, laughs. it's Bruce becoming Joker eyes, but extremely slowly. And yeah. fighting Batman laughs in the not-so-very-action-packed issue. More just talking. I like yeah. to be mad, and you should too. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Not, like, <laughs> that's the but plot. He, but he- he eventually hits Batman who laughs with like seven different spears and Batman who laughs like starts almost like begging for mercy and he gets hit with a sign that says Martha Wayne, which I think, I think Hunter posted it made the joke. It's like, uh, that may be, but you know, who's the bigger, uh, the bigger, who's a bigger joke, uh, than the worst Batman. He's holding a sign that says Martha Wayne. Oh my God. <laughs> just of, like a bad panel. <laughs> yeah. Out of context. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, he's able to take down the Batman who laughs and like crush him underneath the door. And he's like saying like, stop, please. Which I thought was like, okay, this doesn't really seem like Batman who laughs. Um, the whole Joker thing ends up coming full circle because Joker ends up shooting him and taking him back to being regular Batman. (sighs) The James Gordon and James Gordon have a nice moment, I guess. I don't know. I didn't really care. Um, and by the end of this issue, we find out that James Gordon is under the, uh, not James, like Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon, I mean, sorry, yeah, Jim is under the uh, Batman Who Laughs like Jokerized thing. So, no, does this count as one of the heroes that Batman Who Laughs has? I, I was just gonna ask, for? was he on that list? Because we already got revealed three of them. We got three. I thought we just got one. No, Shazam, Hawkman, and uh, who was the third one? There was a third one because three of them were already revealed. Was it a lantern? I forget. Okay, what we're talking about right now is that there was a list. Yeah, I'll try to find it. For uh, the upcoming Batman and Superman uh, comic series that comes out in like three weeks, there's going to be a few superheroes that are like under the influence of the Joker toxin. And mm-hmm. Shazam is one of them. Hawkman's one of them. Jim Gordon might be one of them if he counts as a hero. I mean, we're the Batman Beyond suit in this series, which sounds cool, but it was kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This issue was just like... This whole seven-issue series was so disappointing. Like... I bought every issue, and every issue cost a dollar more, and at least it was good quality, like paper and stuff. But like, yeah, yeah. Ugh, did not did not enjoy this one. Yeah, I didn't either. Like, the series as whole, like maybe this reads better in trade. I don't think I'll read this ever again. <laughs> no, I don't plan to. I mean, I'll keep it. It leads it leads into Batman Superman, and even like the ending, like teaser didn't give me any hype. Like I got way more hype after the price than I did after this to lead into Batman Superman. Yeah, like, Batman Superman actually looks like a pretty good series, too. I'll be picking it up. I, I will I will be, too, but, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'll check out the first few issues. Uh, yeah. What do you rate this issue slash series? I rate the issue... Yeah, why well, didn't mind Joker coming back at the end? I'll give yeah, it like I like the Joker at least came full circle, but... I'll give it, like, a four. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the seven-issue the... series as a whole? Well, what do you rate the issue first, and then we'll rate the series? uh yeah probably like a three or four i I really just did not like i found myself reading this like bored (laughs) yeah i was really bored to read it was my lot like when i get my comics a week i'm like i kind of look them all like what am i most excited for justice league i'll read that first 
Doomsday Clock, I read that versus yeah. Batman the Outsiders. But this I always read last, no matter. Every single week yeah, I read last. Same. I'm like, I just don't, I don't care. I really don't. I yeah, want to see I how it ends. Like, so yeah, I read yeah, the I series like as a whole. Read it. <laughs> I give it like a three. Like it had its moments. Yeah. Did it? I guess the Batman Beyond thing was cool. Um, I, I, I really just didn't find it interesting. Like, it felt very metalish to me, and I did not like metal. So yeah, it's like, oh, Batman's becoming evil, but we know he's not <laughs> gonna be yeah. evil. So yeah, it's just kind of like a, it's a one shot story that I feel like you really don't need to leave unless you're you're like the biggest Dark Knight's metal fan ever. If you love that story yeah. and you think it's like the perfect, you think it's the Bible of comics. Then you go get by Flash Blitz and see that that's the Bible of the comics, and then you read it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. But yeah, that's uh, Batman Labs, and that's the DC Comics, too. Or I guess I'll, I'll quickly say, like, Right on the Outlaws was pretty good. It went over Bizarro and Artemis, and quick little spoiler, it ended with uh, Bizarro and Artemis coming back to the DC Universe. They were actually in just on another Earth. I can't remember the Earth number. But they're on, the, they're on another Earth. They made their way back, They and that's how the issue ended. They haven't reconnected with jason yet but they will yeah but it's been and, six months uh, green lantern also got an annual uh oh yeah yeah i don't know hunter and i are like agreeing that we don't like morrison's green lantern yeah. I, haven't really found I think i liked one issue so far out of the bunch and the annual like i, I felt i found myself skimming it because i was so uninterested it's very um, it's like hal jordan has a family reunion and some aliens come yeah. so he saves the kids by yeah it, it's like <laughs> This entire series is like a Silver Age series, but like it's like super plot cheesy. every week, it doesn't connect. It's cheesy. I like don't it's, know. A, it's the type Everyone of comics where seems to be loving it. I I don't get it personally, and I'm a Grant Morrison fan, but I'm not loving it. So I, I'm considering dropping it. If it came out in the Very 80s, happy. it'd be good. <laughs> yeah, but but I don't know. This might be something that I drop. Just look at the covers, like. I mean, the it's giant great green art. arrow. What was that? <laughs> yeah, that. Did you read that? <laughs> yeah, I read that recently. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, like look at the covers. Look at Captain America's cover. It's Captain America running from the police. It's by Alex Ross, who's a classic artist, but it looks modern and it looks awesome. And then you look at Green Lantern covers. It's always him wearing like armor with some very weirdly designed alien. It's like, "I'll save you." Oh no! Yeah. Here we go! Yeah. And he's like, has a speech bubble saying so something that doesn't need to be there. It's like, why don't you just have Hal Jordan wearing the armor standing next to this character instead of him being like, oh no, the world is ending and only I can save it. It's like, oh my god. This is yeah. 2019. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm heavily considering dropping it. I don't know how much longer I want to stay on. I'm considering staying till 12 and then dropping, but honestly, this might have been my last issue. I'm just so uninterested, so... I don't know. Um, anyway, on the Marvel side of things, we had some good comics. So uh, for those who don't know, Living Under a Rock, Jonathan Hickman, famous writer of Avengers, Fantastic Four, and a lot of great stories, uh, is writing the X-Men. And he is basically rebooting the X-Men in a way, uh, redoing X-Men history, which I think is interesting because like most comic book history, X-Men history is convoluted. Yeah, he's um, kind of just cleaning it. He's not redoing it. Yeah. Like the past still happens. Yeah, yeah, he's cleaning it up. Um, so it started with House of X, which came out last week. Last week, but we didn't talk about it because we had the interview. Uh, but yeah, this week Powers of X came out, so we could kind of quickly talk about both of them. Uh, I don't even want to go into a specific plot, but just like House of X was about uh, 
Charles Xavier has his own island of mutants, which I think is a really interesting concept. Him and Magneto are working together. And Magneto's white suit looks amazing. I love it. It's I, I love best Magneto. He's my, my, probably my favorite mutant. Uh, it, anyway, yeah, he wears like an all-white armored suit with a white flowing cape. It's his best look yet. And he has a bit of a yeah. white beard, too. So Yeah, it, it's awesome. But they're starting an island. It's called... Krakoa? Krakoa. <laughs> See, somebody always uh, DMs me the real pronunciation when I mispronounce uh, something on here. Like when I said... Uh, oh, I get those DMs too. <laughs> I got. I said like Leviathan instead of... Or no, I said Leviathan instead of Leviathan. So You said Bateman if, if and super if, mean. <laughs> if, if you're one of those people who corrects me, I appreciate you. And you might have to fix me on this one because I have no idea. I think it's Krakoa, but I'm not sure. I think it's, it's Krakoa that's plant. But anyway, uh, Charles Xavier starting his own island of mutants. Really cool idea. And uh, the governments of different countries are kind of concerned about it because now he has the most powerful country in the face of the world because of all the mutants he has. But he's not worried about, like, attacking other countries. He just wants to be kind of left alone and mutants to be respected. So I like that. And mm-hmm. I like the Magneto's part of it because, I don't know, Magneto and Charles Xavier are two of, like, the most interesting X-Men characters to me. I love their kind of two uh two sides of the same coin aspect of them yeah they're they have one of the best rivalries in x-men yeah uh but house house of x covers like the island stuff powers of x uh jumps through like four different time periods which is like what uh the first year of the x-men the like 10th year of the x-men the 100th year and the thousandth year Mm-hmm. So you see like different generations of X-Men. Uh, do you remember the page where it's like Charles Xavier reading the girl's mind? And Yeah, that's the beginning. In the background. Mm-hmm. That yeah. panel was, was like said to be like uh, the when most the series was being hyped. Yeah, the most important scene. panel in X-Men history. I don't think it really got explained here, but we got shown it. I mean, but I don't think it got explained. It right? might be the most important moment, but we haven't gotten the full moment yet. <laughs> yeah it starts off uh, tease of it so charles xavier he's at this party and he's smiling and he sits on a bench and this woman goes over and she's like oh what are you smiling about he's like oh i'm just happy of this dreams i've been having and I, i'm just i'm at a good point in my life and she's like oh that's nice of you charles he's like oh you know my name do do i know who you are and she says oh he says sorry I, i'll just read this real quick he says i'm sorry do we know each other and she says oh yes we go we go back quite a ways charles and he says who are you she says why don't you read my mind, Charles? Read my mind and see. And then he puts his hand on his on his head and goes, ah. And that's kind of how it ends. We don't really see who she is, but yeah, I guess we'll uh, find out next issue or sometime in the series. Yeah, but uh, the Hickman X-Men it already seems interesting to me just through the two issues. Uh, I don't know much X-Men history, so this is really a chance for me to really dive into it. It's good I've for, read some yeah. like, classic stories, but not like modern stuff, so I'm interested. Yeah, if you're new to um, X-Men and you want to get into it, now's the chance. Yeah. Um, as for the X titles that have been announced, they announced like a bunch of them, and I think I DM'd Hunter about this, but I don't remember what his answer was. I think I'm only going to be reading the regular X-Men title, which will be written by X-Men. I didn't, I'm not really interested in all the other teams, like the Excalibur, and uh, they have, like, I don't know, like five or six different books, but only the regular X-Men inter- uh, by Hickman was the one that interested me. So, there, aren't they, They're not all by Hickman, are they? Uh, no, only the X-Men title is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, things. I just found the part where you messaged me about this. Yeah, I said I was reading the regular X-Men and probably X-Force. Oh, uh, okay. I think it has a cool name. Cool name. Cool team with Beast, Domino, uh, Wolverine, Cable. Like, or not Cable, sorry. Um, metal Guy. 
Colossus. Colossus. That's Colossus. the yeah. Sorry, I forgot his name. All of a sudden. <laughs> but yeah, it, it looks decent. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, House of X, I liked better than Powers of X because I felt like it was me too more of a solid story. But Powers of X is not bad. It's just it jumps around a lot. And Powers of X is more of a history book. The thing about House of X, they have this scene where Sabretooth Mystique and one other mutant, I don't have the book in front of me, so I can't remember, they rob something and they're escaping and they get caught just before escaping by the Fantastic Four. And the Invisible Woman is able to capture Sabretooth and Cyclops shows up and it's like, oh, that's a mutant. Uh, We'll take him from here because we're mutants, so we'll put him in a mutant cell and everything. Yeah, we'll put him in the island. We'll have a cell for him there for Sabretooth. And Mr. Fantastic's like, we caught him here in new york so he should go to he should go on trial here in new york because he committed a crime here in new york not on your island that we're not allowed to be on and cyclops is like no he should come to the island because we're mutants so that raises the question it should a mutant go to prison where he committed the crime or where he is belonged um i think he's better off going to the island because he could be better uh kept there but at the same time, I can understand of, hey, he committed the crime here. He's going to do the time here. Like, you know, the people need to know that he's going to pay. Yeah. So, like, Magneto it's an interesting s- debate. Magneto said, like, no humans are allowed on this island. It's mutant only. Like, and Mr. Fantastic, yeah. he is a human. He wasn't born with his power. So I I kind of agree with Captain, or not Captain, Mr. Fantastic more that if someone commits a crime in a certain area he should go on trial there if he committed a crime on the mutant island then yeah mutants take him but he robs something in new york under fantastic four presence so the fantastic four should be taking him he shouldn't just go to this island and it seems sabertooth wanted to go to the island too so when mr fantastic and the fantastic four they're clearly saying no he's not going to this island we have him and cyclops gave up sabertooth got upset about that so i agree with the fantastic four yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely an interesting debate. I can see both sides of it. and uh, Which is proves Hickman's a great writer. He makes this great debate already. Yep, yep. yep. And that's just in the first issue. I'm really excited to see what he does with X-Men. I hope he does like a long run because uh, he's done such great runs on Fantastic Four and Avengers, which were long runs. So. Yeah, let's hit, let's hit 100 issues. <laughs> make, make his mark in X-Men history. Uh, I'm going to keep reading, obviously, Powers of X and House of X, and then I'll be Me reading too. X-Men. So I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, I'll be reading anyway. too, as well as X-Force. Yeah, and uh, on to Captain America number 12. So um, for those who don't know, Steve Rogers was in prison for the uh, murder of General Ross. Thunderbolt. uh, Yeah. Thaddeus Thunderbolt. What's his name? Uh, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Ross. Ross, yeah. Uh, Cap didn't do it, but he took the fall, I guess, and uh, he went to prison. Kingpin made sure of it. Uh, I know something about this, actually. I don't know. Do you ever plan on reading... uh, Immortal Hulk, I think it's called. I mean, I want to, but... I, I want to as well. I saw a spoiler. It ties into this death. Do you want me to oh, say okay. it? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, spoiler for Immortal Hulk, but General Ross actually seemed to have faked his death. He is alive. Uh, he oh. is in Immortal Hulk right now, and he framed Cap for the most part. Okay, interesting. So for, for Cap fans like us, where we don't read Hulk, we read Captain America, we didn't know, we actually thought he was dead, but he isn't. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, go on. <laughs> uh, so Captain America was able to escape with the um, help of an all-girl team led by Sharon Carter. No, mm-hmm. Sharon. Yeah, Sharon Carter. The Daughters of Liberty. Yeah, that's. What yeah. But uh, anyway, 
um, so now that Cap is out, he's kind of just been staying low. But there's a new Captain America out there, the Supreme Commander. It doesn't look like Steve Rogers in the face, but somebody's in the Cap suit and they're taking down police and stuff. And they're not liked by uh, Nick Fury. Realizes we got to take him in. Uh, Nick Fury actually calls on a Captain America ally to take this guy in, which is Bucky, which I thought was interesting. Bucky I'm pretty Barnes. sure Winter Soldier has a series right now, or at least a mini. He has a mini. It's good. Yeah. I don't know if it ties into this at all, but I know since he's in this issue. Uh, anyway, Steve is not really stressing out as much as uh, Sharon is, but Sharon is like, listen, this is different than any time you've ever been an outlaw. Like, Captain America is dead now. You've got to realize that. Like, this is way crazier. You've done so many different things. You escaped federal custody and you killed a general and, you know, espionage. And it's it's not looking good for Steve. Um, anyway, uh, Steve is kind of just like, well, you know, I, I have to be Captain America. That's who I uh, am. It's all I have. Yeah. yeah, but she's saying, like, what if you don't need Captain America? What if you need to be Steve Rogers? So, interesting. Um, Bucky is working with Dryad. Yeah. The name. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't really understand what he was doing there with the four men in the chairs, but he's like on a computer with four men in chairs, like with things around their head. Yeah. I'm not sure what they were going for there. Maybe some kind of brainwash stuff. I think it's definitely brainwash stuff. Uh, These guys but, are becoming new winter soldiers. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Steve is talking to his team of, uh, women and he was saying that he needs a team around him, and they have some jokes about, like, what do you call women? Uh, chicks, broads, birds, bells, uh, dimes. <laughs> so uh, it was pretty funny panels. but uh, Yeah, and he's just like, uh, just just woman. <laughs> I'm yeah, respectful. And like, he, yeah, he's going to work with the Daughters of Liberty, and uh, Sharon says that, you know, the dream is old. Uh, it's older than Captain America, and what the dream is is what matters. Even if the shield is tarnished, even if Captain America is tarnished, the dream is eternal. So nice to see that the legacy lives on throughout the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cap and Sharon go through, like, a whole hall of, like, old Cap suits from, like, World War II and later. Do you recognize all and the Cap suits? Yeah, well, so um, they have the one from the 70s with that terrible movie. Wins yeah, they have the, ter- the motorcycle they have the one. Winter Soldier. They have yeah. the first Avengers, which is awful, like the Captain Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, they have the original like suit from Captain America number one in the forties, mm-hmm. all the way to the left. They have and the uh, first, like the first Avengers movie suit. Yeah. Was it like Avengers twenty twelve? What's the one all the way to the right? That one looks familiar. It looks so familiar. I don't know what it is. I want to say. Oh, I don't want to say because I'm gonna be wrong. Uh, yeah. If any Cap fans are listening right now and you know what the suit is, please let us know or DM. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, Steve suits up into the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier type suit for the, from the movie. And uh, Sharon says that Steve Rogers lives. And uh, I thought that was the end of the issue until I flipped the page. And uh, a character has returned. Uh, so Sharon and Bucky are together. Yep. And... Uh, a woman shows up, a woman younger, much younger than Sharon, and uh, she has red hair, and she is Aunt Peggy. Um, Peggy Carter. I have no idea what's happening here. Maybe I'm not a hardcore enough Cap fan, but... Peggy has returned. We don't know how yet, but she's isn't back. is Peggy supposed to be older than Sharon? She is. She's much older, but something happened here where... Nose ring. Yeah, something happened here where she's young. We don't know yet. But yeah, <laughs> we, Series we don't know yet. So maybe something to do with that vampire girl from uh, like the second arc. 
where she makes people younger. Yeah, maybe. Something like that. But yeah, uh, the Winter Soldier suit that Caps wears, he wore that when he came back from the dead right before uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, became Falcon again, like a year and a half ago. Like just before this series started, he wore that suit. And you see his shield is kind of more like a hologram in a way. Because it is a hologram. <laughs> like, it's a solid hologram. It works as a shield, but you can kind of see through it. It looks cool. And yeah. Uh, so what do you rate the issue? I would give... I actually like this issue. i give it like an 8.5, maybe. Yeah, i give it like an 8 out of 10. I'm interested to see where this arc goes. I, I felt like I missed an issue in between, because I feel like it's been so long since I read Cap. I don't know if there was a delay or something. It, but... it was delayed, which is why it's oh, okay, out today I looked back on my fifth... box, I was like, did I read the last issue? And I was like, okay, I did. But Which is why it's out confused. on a fifth Wednesday. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes. I've been enjoying the series a lot, so yeah. Uh, it's maybe my third favorite Marvel series. It's good, but it's still my third favorite. Daredevil and Spider-Man are better, in my opinion. Oh, you finally been reading Daredevil? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I caught up. <laughs> oh, what do you think, dude? It's, it's really, awesome, right? really good. Yeah, it's probably the best Marvel series right now. I read them one sitting. Great. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, oh, yeah I read it's been it. great to binge them. Uh, yeah, I must have, like, how did you read it with m- monthly? <laughs> oh, the weights are killer, but I love it. I can't wait for the next issue. Like, every single issue takes place one after the other. Like, a yeah. minute after each other. It's not like, oh, a few yeah, days later. Whoever's like, reading that in trade, like, I envy you. That's going to be great. That, that's a series that I will likely get in trade one day just to have, like, on my shelf for easy access. Yeah. It's that good. I read the first arc and a half just sitting there it's so like the first oh. the first arc all takes place within like an hour so yeah <laughs> it's just oh, really you picked good. It up. yeah it's such a great title i didn't even realize you read it already yeah sorry i forgot to tell you i read it last week <laughs> i'm just like wait i saw oh, daredevil because the issue nine came out and i i saw it on the shelf i'm like oh crap i forgot i have a, like issue one to eight so i picked it up went home and i read them all and i was like Dang, yeah that oh that must have been nice to binge yeah yeah it's awesome. it was <laughs> I also picked up uh, a few other. I picked up White Knight, Batman White Knight. I picked up... Uh, you, oh, you yeah. got the trade of the original White Knight? Yeah, yeah. I started. Did you read, did you read I, it yet or no? I started it. It is good. I would recommend it to people that like Batman Elseworld stories. Thing okay. is, and this, you hate Batman so much in this, but you, Dick Grayson's in it as Nightwing, so that's a nice refresher. <laughs> Have you read it? No, I haven't read it. I've been interested. I would I recommend know. a best Batman facts actually recommended it to me on Instagram. So interesting. I checked it out, and yeah, it is one of the better Elseworld Batman stories. It is pretty good, and it's interesting too. They do a lot of twists. Like there's two Harley Quinns. There's like the crazy one and the prankster one, kind of thing. Interesting. So they go through like the well, not the prankster, like the the quote unquote like hero Harley Quinn, like today's Harley Quinn, and then there's the like abused Harley Quinn. So they make, instead of, like, oh, character development, instead it's, like, two different characters. But it works. They're both called Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. There's just two of them. One that wants to be a hero and one that just wants to blow up banks and stuff. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to check that one out eventually. Uh, especially now that i got a sequel. Yeah, it, the sequel's going on right now, I believe. I'll probably pick it up in trade. I'll wait. Yeah. I don't pick up many things in trade. I picked up Miss Miracle in trade fantastic 10 out of 10 yeah i know i'm, I'm like completely the opposite i'm like such a trade waiter like i, I love to read and trade uh I, I just actually recently bought a new comic book i was on hunter before we started the episode uh but i have so many trades now and I, I just love reading trades like it's nice to read everything in one sitting and kind of just appreciate the story 
Yeah, like, I'm, I did that with Mr. Miracle. I found Mr. Miracle to be absolutely, like, incredible. Like, Tom King's best work. And I read it all in one sitting. Uh, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's the next trade I gotta buy. You got you. <laughs> I did it with Visions, too. It's another Tom King book. Doing the White Knight. I kind of did that with Daredevil. <laughs> Um, yeah. But besides that, I don't pick up many trades. I do that with the Batman and Ninja Turtles series. <laughs> I've gotten all three trades uh-huh. of those because I, I, I like those. I like the Ninja Turtles, so I've been enjoying that. And besides that, it's just series that I like. I forget to pick up the first few issues. I'm like, oh, I'll just wait for trade. And then classic stories like I have uh, Spider Man Blue on my wish list on Amazon. So oh, I was about to say, did you get Spider Man Blue? It's a great story. I haven't it's yet, so but hard I will. To get trade because out of print. I don't know why Marvel won't reprint it. It's such a great story. I will. I just haven't yet. I, I bought the oversized hardcover for that, which is gigantic, but it's awesome to read in it. So yeah, I if bet. you could find one for a decent price, I'd definitely jump on it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go looking. It's like, I'll go hunting. It's like, for, for those who haven't read Spider-Man Blue, I've recommended it in the past, but for those who haven't read it, it's basically like Stan Lee and Dicko slash Romita's run, and but it's like in the modern age, so it's like... it's a, Is it retelling? Yeah, it's kind of like you like meet Gwen Stacy for the first time, and you meet Mary Jane for the first time. Oh, like, uh, okay. It, it it includes the iconic. Uh, you just hit the jackpot, Tiger. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Th- there's certain things that are like panel for panel the same, and like uh, Eddie Brock and Harry get like uh, character development. You see Peter going to college and stuff. So it, okay. it's really good though. Like yeah, I I didn't get it at first why it was called Spider Man Blue because like you know Hulk Gray is called Hulk Gray because he started out as gray. Daredevil Yellow is called that because he started out as yellow. But Spider-Man Blue is about like feeling blue, and it's like, um, like a romantic, but like sad. It's good. Okay, yeah, uh, I'll try to pick it up next time I get paid here. So, yeah. <laughs> at, at any any chance you could get it, like I got mine for like thirty three dollars, which is more than I wanted to spend. But I was like, you know what, no. I gotta buy it. That's an it's average tough. price for volumes here in Canada. Mr. Miracle is forty five dollars. That's a bit high. Oh my god, <laughs> worth it. Well, Mr. Miracle is like twelve issues. And plus, you get yeah, all the true. like uh, the variant covers at the end and stuff like that. That's crazy. You're gonna have to move to America just for trades. <laughs> I I will consider it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, since we're just rambling on here, uh, oh yeah. Well, uh, if we'll you're hero listening story. on iTunes, we appreciate a five star review. If you're listening anywhere else, we appreciate a follow slash subscribe. Uh, for Hero Story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for checking out the last episode of a Hero Story over the Scott Lobdell interview. It's our second DC comic interview. If you haven't heard it yet, go check it out. He does give away a lot of flash forward spoilers and a bit of redhead spoilers. Definitely. So. But not like spoilers like, oh, I didn't want to hear that. Like, ooh, interesting. Like, no major, <laughs> uh, I guess he, a few major plot points for a few, but it, it's a good yeah. interview. Uh, we, we enjoy talking to him. We enjoy listening. It's cool to hear from, like, officials and getting secret information that only we know for like a week and it's hard not to tell anyone yeah <laughs> then release it to the world but yeah we'll hopefully get another guest on here i want to say scott soon Snyder, we're building to it <laughs> yeah we're hopefully getting scott Snyder one day bendis is coming well oh that'd be nice but yeah. uh yeah we're working hard for you so we appreciate your follow and subscribe uh he said thanks for being a hero and i say every second is, uh remember every second is a gift goodbye bye <laughs>